Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest back in 2005 was a very unhappy person, severely depressed and to the point where he couldn't even get out of bed. He was suffering from chronic anxiety and was just totally lost. Six months later, however, he was an unrecognizable person, enthusiastic about life, positive, excited, and above all, happy. Cody Butler is now the founder of Teen Success and the creator of Teen Success Method, teaching teens unshakable confidence, self-esteem, and motivation. He's also a number one best-selling author of Got Attitude and the recently released Cut the BS, A No-Nonsense Guide to Happiness. I nearly said a naughty word then. He's been featured on Fox, ABC and NBC and has worked with over 2,000 teenagers today. Hi, Coldy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. No, cool, cool. Look, wow. It seems like you've had a real transformation since 2005. Tell us about your journey. How did you come from being stuck in bed and not being able to get out of bed to actually where we are today, which is ecstatically happy and doing the things you're doing? Yeah, yeah, ecstatically happy. I think that I think that's ambitious, but definitely, uh, definitely stable. Well, happy, <laughs> happy and sane. How how do we all get to the place where you are, which is happy and sane? Yeah, so to give to give you a little bit of a, a sort of a, a background as how how I got to the point where where I you know I couldn't get out of bed was I started I started a business or I, I bought a business actually when I was when I was much younger and I had a lot of success with that and uh, I made I made a lot of t- lot of money at way too young of an age had had really no idea how to process that how to handle it you know how to be responsible yeah, that and, must uh, have been so hard <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, there were a lot of people around me, a lot of things around me that a lot of people in my life that, you know, I thought genuinely were, were there for, you know, good reasons. And uh, through a series of mistakes, I ended up losing everything. I ended up going bankrupt. I think I, I filed bankruptcy, I think like $750,000, which I was 20, 24 oh at the gosh. time. Pretty major. So you go from being way high to being way low. And uh, a lot, lot of the people left left to my life at that point it's like you know hey don't worry everything's gone but I'm still here it's like huh what what where? <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up having to deal with that and then you know a relationship breakup at the same time oh my gosh which you know that just I you know I, I compounded that that with a series of bad decisions of self-medication of, of one kind and another while you were young <laughs> I think we've all <laughs> done then, uh, <laughs> Yeah, went went you know a few years later. Never really recovered from that. Went went straight into another another relationship without ever really recovering from that, and that subsequently and ended very badly as well. And it just kind of pushed me over the edge, and I got to the point to where I just couldn't really function anymore. It was kind of like my body was just shutting down. I said, mm. no, 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 you, you you've taken it so you've handled it so far, Cody. We'll take it from here. The, yeah, the, the bed is the safest place for you. Well, and the thing is, I suppose the stress of everything uh, impacting on one and another things basically it meant your body needed to take a break. Your brain needed to take a break. You know, all of those yep. stress that was flowing through your body at the time, 
you know, no money, no partner, you know, all of that sort of thing. They're all major things, you know. I mean, most people experience maybe one of them, but not all of them. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, there, there was a series of events there where any one of them could be debilitating, but, you know, put them all together. And then, like I say, I mean, the the, the behaviours that I engaged in to, mm. to kind of, you know, made, just compounded it, made it even worse as well. So, you know, so basically I found myself in, in, in a, you know, unable to get out of bed. I was living in a, ha- a shared house at the time with like five or six other people. And uh, one of my roommates just felt sorry for me. And she brought me a book. I've got it up here. Actually. I think it's filled. I think it's Susan Anthony, Feel the Pain and Do Away With It. I know it's Feel the Pain and Do Away With It is the title. I think Susan yeah. Anthony is the author. And that was really so, I, I read it, you know, I thought, well, what have I got to lose? I, I read it. And that was the first time really where it kind of was, was came into my consciousness that, that I have a choice. Mm. This is the choice. I'm, choos- I'm choosing mm. this right now. And just because I don't know that I have other choices available to me doesn't mean that other choices are not available. So it's like I opened up my mind to the idea of like, okay, well, there are other choices, you know, this is, yeah, I'm choosing this and there are other options. And yeah, I went down, I mean, you see a lot of, a lot of books behind me. I, I, I read, I went through probably a hundred books in four to six months. I mean, I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop once I started. And, uh, well, you were in bed. What else was there to do? <laughs> six, six months later, it was like, as a, a, a radically, radically yeah. different person I mean I was in I was actually in music college at the time and I kind of just withdrew drew from college and when I started going back people are like who are you who are you oh, wow. who is this person what are you doing it's like it's just it's just completely I went 180 degree shift from being very very depressed and unhappy to really functioning yeah. completely you know on top of the world really to be honest with you being a completely different person yeah wow okay okay but so basically you just said right you read the book and you said, okay, I'm going to work on myself then. I'm going to read and get and build myself and develop myself as much as I possibly yeah. can. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Wow. So then what What happened after that? You said you were at music college, so you went back to college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually ended up um, very very soon after that, I ended up meeting meeting my wife. She was, uh, she was a vocalist and we ended up, I ended up working with her and we had uh, oh, five or six years of, of, you know, being professional musicians together, we ended up ah. getting ended up getting married. And oh, you know, I always wanted to be well, not always, but I wanted to be a professional musician. So I was able to make that happen very quickly. You know, I was yeah. able to get into a, a, a healthy relationship this time, which we, you know, we're, we're still married to this day. We've got three kids now. It's a it's a it's a great situation. So yeah, it all it all changed very very quickly. All changed, and you came out the other side basically. And that, that's the one thing, anybody listening to this that's in a bad place, I mean, that that's, you know, the, the two things really that, you know, I, I would love for them to take away is, A, you, you don't have to be like this, and B, it can change mm. very, very quickly. But those yeah. are the two things, you know, get that mindset. A, a, there is possibility of change, and B, it doesn't have to take 20 years. Well, yeah, I suppose that you're choosing the funk that you're in as such, and so therefore if you're in a bad mood, nobody's put you there apart from yourself basically and if you're in a happy mood well you know nobody's put you there apart from yourself because there can be things that happen to you that may make you happy but somebody else could make them in a funk so yeah no no that's fair enough and and if you're in a funky mood and really not having a good day you're the person who can control that and think differently about whatever was happening and 
move yourself away from that as such or get outside or do whatever. So, yeah. That's right. And, you know, later on when I started to seek out mentorship and started to realize that, you know, that, you know, there's wisdom in counsel and there are people that, you know, have trodden the path and they understand like, you know, they, they, they've got the map, you know, and I started actively seek that out. One of, one of the mentors that I had, Jim Rohn, uh, one of the things he says is, you know, when you transition from childhood into adulthood is when you accept complete responsibility for everything that happens in your life. Mm, mm. And that's, so so key and so profound it's like if you are not accepting full responsibility for everything in your life it, it you're not you're not on the path to recovery yet. yeah you're not you're not on the right path well you're not in control because you're basically saying well it's that person that actually um made me feel you like this well, yeah exactly that's the word yeah no that's right wow okay so then met your wife maybe you've had a baby by then I don't know but like you no how, what when how did the first book come about yeah so so the, the, the first book was really uh it was a documentation of the, was that pre-children, pre-children or was yeah. that to do with yeah, your children, children? Are fairly, <laughs> children are a fairly recent development my oldest is five so this was this was uh, a good mm. seven or eight years before before EJ came along so the first book then got attitude uh number one bestseller like yeah okay yeah. like yeah. what made you write a book so it didn't it didn't really start out as a book so I wanted to I, I knew like you, you don't have to be an Einstein to see that other people around you are suffering <laughs> you don't yeah well you, you don't have to be too clever to see that a lot of people are in the same situation so I, I really sort of felt a lot of empathy for for other people in, in that situation at the time and I felt like I, I had a documented way out of it. So a lot of times like we, we, we can talk and I'm sure at some point you're going to ask me, okay, well, what, what are some tangible steps people can take? Right. What it's, we, we can talk philosophically and say, okay, yeah, well, I, I kind of felt this way and that kind of happened. It's like, okay, well, if you want to go from depressed to happy, what, what, what's the process? What are some tangible steps that people can take? And is it a process or is it just random? Yes. So, well, yeah. Is it luck? Because some people say, oh, you've got all the success and everything because it's luck. You were just lucky. Exactly, which, again, is a completely disempowering, limiting belief. It's like. <laughs> well, you're giving away your power again, aren't you? Because you're saying, oh, I don't have control over this. You're playing the victim again. And you're saying, well, I don't have control over this. You know, it's just luck. So, and I'm not lucky person. And again, going back to the previous philosophy of like, I take full responsibility for everything in my life. If it is luck, then who, who's responsible for that luck showing up I ha- or who's not re- who's responsible for it not showing up? You have to take that. You know, I, I, I was in a hotel not too long ago and there's a big sign on the wall. It said luck is opportunity meeting preparation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Luck is opportunity meeting preparation. Yeah. You know, m- many people have been presented with the same opportunities that you or I have. They just weren't prepared to recognize and, and grasp them. Yeah. And, and made a different decision, maybe potentially, and said, no, listen to their inner voice, maybe their, you know, inner fears that have said, no, you wouldn't be good enough for doing that. Or, you know, you shouldn't go and do that because that's putting you out of your comfort zone and stuff. So what, so got attitude then, what's, what's that about? Is that about the journey and from being in bed to then being happy and how you actually went from A to B? Yeah. Okay. 10 chapters, 10 steps. Oh, okay. In sequential order. Oh, so a bit like Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's like happy anonymous or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So 
at the end of the day, it's your uh, it's your philosophy that's going to determine your outcome. It's not your environment. I mean, we can look at any 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 person in any situ- situation of life, right? And it's like, are there rich people that are happy? Yes. Are there, are there rich people that are depressed? Yes. Are there poor people that are happy? Are there poor people that are depressed? It's like, absolutely. We, we can take any circumstance, any scenario, and we can find people that are happy and depressed in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there are people that, you know, the half full, half empty cups and it's like in any scenario, there are people that are looking at the, the, the situation as an opportunity and there are people that are looking at the situation as the doomsday. Yeah. So it's really about, uh, I think it was a Zig Ziglar, Ziglar quote I read years ago. It said, it's not your aptitude that will turn, determine your apt, altitude, but your, your attitude. Oh, okay. It's not your aptitude that will determine your altitude, but your attitude. attitude yeah. So how high you get is, yeah, your attitude as such, not the substances you're on as such, but like your attitude as such to that. No, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So number one bestseller, uh, you were featured on TV all over the place. And um, I'm not going to list them all because they're all well-known and I've just listed them. But, yeah. wow, it's it's got to make sense then because well, I, I tell you about you. <laughs> I tell an interesting story is like that that book was written, I think, in 2008, give or take in that time period. It didn't become a bestseller until 2017. Wow. And what what was the difference between a book sitting on my hard drive and a number one bestseller? There's only one one difference between between the hard drive and the bestseller, and that was my belief in myself. Yeah. The the book was clearly good enough to be a bestseller all along. It It wasn't like the standards dropped from 2007 to 2017. Uh, the, and, and this is a big key, really. It's like it was my belief in myself and my willingness to put it out there. The, uh, my attitude, right? My attitude changed. My attitude prior to was like, I'm not going to put this out. Or my attitude became, I'm yeah, going to put this out. Exactly right. And, and the result changed with the with the shift in attitude. So yeah, the title "God Attitude" really is. Yeah. It's about that attitude is everything. And, and a, a quick way to determine how your attitude is, if, if if I ask you the question very quickly, how's life treating you right now, Claire? Your answer to that question will tell you everything you need to know. So I asked that, uh, I was talking to someone Sunday about the book and they, uh, <laughs> I dare an answer now. <laughs> I asked them the question that they were, they were a doctor, GP. I said, how's your attitude? Uh, oh, she goes, how do you know if you've got a good attitude? And I'm like, well, how's life treating you right now? She's like, okay. I'm like, well, you've got an okay attitude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've got an okay attitude. Because that's what you're projecting back with that question, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, I was I was just going to say fine, so I've just got a fine attitude then. <laughs> so how how you respond to that question? It, it, it's obviously it's very telling. So if someone goes okay, life's okay, it means everything that's being thrown at them, they're processing it as like okay. Whereas yeah. would it be possible to process this as as excellent, or would it be possible to process it bad? Of course, that a situation is neither negative or positive. A situation just mm. is. It's like the situation comes. Yeah. Negative or positive when you when you put the, the the polarity to it. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose with your book then sitting on your hard drive for like eight odd years or whatever, yeah. like you your polarity changed basically in that period of time, and from not believing that the book was any good, but it's a number one bestseller as such, or you not having belief that anyone would be reading it, which then is your internal fear. And, you know, maybe I'm good enough and all of those ego things that are stopping you um, over the, you know, working on yourself and doing the things that you did over those eight years meant that you got to a mindset of, no, I'm going to do it. No, I'm putting the book out there 
number one bestseller, Happy Days, yeah. on TV, can't stop you. Well, one, one of the big shifts that happened over that period of time was like I determined, I can't remember when it was exactly, but I determined that I would never tell myself no again. You're going to have to tell me no. Mm. Uh, uh, if I want to come on your show, Claire, I'm not going to determine that. I'm not good enough to come on. I'm going to ask you and you're going to have to tell me no. Well, thank God I said yes then. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise I'd have had a fight, wouldn't I? You know, and it's like I realized in, in, in retrospect, some, you know, some, some looking into myself and, and my own mindset, it's like I would tell myself no far too often. Mm. Mm. And I'd be like, I want, you know, I, I want to, I want to work with this person. Yeah. But I, I would tell myself no. So I wouldn't ask them if they wanted to work with me or, or I would want to get involved in, in some, in a project. And I would decide that they would tell me no. So I would preempt that and just tell myself no. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's quite funny because I've often sat there and thought, I wonder if I said yes, bearing in mind I have a five-year-old, so that might not be the most constructive thing. <laughs> but if I said yes, like to everything that I was asked to do or asked to, you know, just asked whether or not, like how my life would be after saying yes for a day. And I know people who have who have done that. And yeah, it's a very bizarre. Uh, turnout when they've come to like an end of a week of saying yes or whatever to um, find that their life goes in a completely positive and different way so you know maybe I should do that maybe I should do a podcast on saying yes and actually tell people what happened that might be interesting (laughs) especially with my son but um, yeah yeah he'd probably yeah I don't even want to think about that (laughs) another great thing that that we get people doing that that just reveals your like you know th- that reveals yourself to yourself. Yeah, the I am test. So it's like just take a pen and paper and write down I am and and finish it ten times and see oh. what comes out. Don't think about it. Don't don't over, don't think about it at all. Just write I am I am I am and finish. Put a put a a, a word after I am ten times. Really, and that will give you a pretty good idea of. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do that then. I'm going to do that after this. I do do, I, I write affirmations like every morning, like uh, how I'm feeling and where I'm at. And I do gratitude every day, uh, which sounds really cheesy and like a bit bleh. But um, I just write three things that I'm grateful for because at the end of the day, yeah. you know, we all have really rubbish days or, you know, like I'm a single mum. So, you know, there are times where buttons mm. are pushed. I haven't slept all night or whatever. But then I sit there and I think, well, hang on a minute. I have a house. I've got an f- awesome son and I've got a job and I'm doing what I want to do. So, yeah, nobody's shooting at me. You know, we live in Australia. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've got lighting. I've got to sit here with a candle and like, you know, all, yeah, all of those things. And, you know, they can just be silly things like it's, I've got blue sky a day and that makes me feel happy, you know. So, okay. So then, so that was the first book. And then you've written another one. So you've written... And here we go. This is where I'm going to not say the right thing. But you've written. I do like I do like swearing a lot, but I try not to around my son. So it is. Um, and he's not here, so I can say this. So you wrote Cut the Bullshit, A No-Nonsense Guide to Happiness. So, OK, this is awesome. And it's got a swear word in the title. So it's awesome. So like, OK, what's the new book about then? So you've done the you've got attitude. And this is how you get to happiness. So now we're cutting bullshit. Yeah. So again, this is going to be, this is sort of a, 
a continuation of the same work, really. It, it's it's manageable, practical, practical steps okay. to bring you to a place to where you can sustain, you, you can become happy sustainably. Because at the end of life, happiness is there, there's nothing else. It's the highest of all goals. There's there's like that there is nothing else. Mm. If you are happy, nothing else matters. Every, everything you do is to, is to in the pursuit of happiness. Mm. Mm. That, that's what it is. Yeah. And I suppose the thing is, I suppose over the last year, because we've all been stuck in our houses, some of us in lockdown longer than others. And yeah. sorry, saying because I'm in Melbourne that, um, you know, we're like it's it's been a roller coaster to say the least. 2020 and also 2021 has been a roller coaster. There's you know, last year was a roller coaster, a COVID roller coaster. And um, this year we've got pockets of COVID that are sort of cropping up and people are being locked down for a week or whatever. And it's just disruption. Um, So, yeah, you know, actually getting in tune with where we are and being happy with situations and changes, I suppose, is is really important, a massive factor at the moment. So, okay, how do we cut the bullshit then? Yeah, absolutely. I keep saying this word. It's really bad. I'm going to have to bleep it. <laughs> but like, yeah. So um, <laughs> so what are your tips on cutting the bullshit out of your life? Said again. Sorry, people. Yeah. So so the first thing really is, is brutal self-honesty. Okay. It, it, it's absolutely brutal self-honesty. So you, you've got to, A, you've got to determine what you want. So like most people are just ships without rudders blowing around wherever mm. wherever the wind blows them and it's like if they end up in a port they don't like they're sad and if they end up in a port they like they're happy and they're always on that on that roller coaster right so it's a case of like the first thing is like you've got to be really honest with yourself you've got to be really really honest with yourself that this is the key and a lot of times if you're really serious about moving from a place of let's say sadness, anxiety, depression, sort of the darker, the darker moods, the darker mm. emotions to, to, to the lighter, brighter emotions, then that, that starts with brutal self-honesty and it's ugly, to be honest. It's like, it, it's really ugly. Yeah. It's like, we're not, we're not manifesting depression because we got nice stuff going on inside. It's dark in there. No. <laughs> so how do you become, how do you become brutally honest with yourself? So, I mean, like, what does that, what does that look like? So the first thing, you know, and, and it's, it's controversial, no doubt, but it's like, you've got to ask yourself, how am I benefiting from this depression? Okay. Cause you wouldn't be in it if you oh, weren't how? getting something from it. Is that what you're saying? You wouldn't be in it if you weren't getting something mm. from it. No. So like I give it's a, it's a moderate example, but it's an example. Like sometimes like once or twice a year, I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll come down with the flu or something. And I lay in bed all day and I binge on Netflix and my wife brings me food on a tray and, and, and it's like. Sounds awesome. Although like, so like there are some times where maybe like I exaggerate the flu a little bit. <laughs> I hope your wife is not in here listening distance. <laughs> you may not be getting or, his next material. Or I have the, you know, I have the urge to, like, I wake up and I go, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to, I've got the flu. I'm going to stay in bed all day. But it's like, there is benefit. I'm benefiting from from that. That's yeah. a very minor example, right? There, there's benefit from it. It's like, yes, there is there is a certain underlying condition that is legit, but it's certainly, I'm certainly benefiting from it. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, and if you're depressed, is it that you're getting attention because you're going, oh, my life's so rubbish, you know, and you're playing the victim and people are then coming and looking after you as such, like you are in bed with the flu or, and I'm, you know, and I've been depressed. I've been in those 
areas. So yeah, I understand. I understand that place, but it's then actually accepting that. And I said, so is that what you're sort of saying? Accepting where you're at, accepting that you're depressed and maybe you're depressed or whatever you're feeling wherever you are and that maybe recognizing it and looking at how you can change it is that what you're sort of saying accept and recognize so that you can move through yeah yeah well until you recognize that there's some benefit being derived and look it could be identity i know people that have their identity it's like they gain their significance it's like if you're sick all the time you gain significance in that mm. Yeah. At least in at least in your mind, it's like, you know, people are just trying to get their needs met. And it's like it's not until you realize that you got to identify what's going on. So like I'll always ask people when they say, like, my wife was a good example. We'll talk about that just very quickly. So she's like, she wants she wants a career in music. And it's like, well, what 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 underlying emotion are you trying to accomplish? What underlying emotion are you trying to accomplish? Is it significance? Is it contribution? Is it like is it that everybody told you that you could never do this and this is going to be, you know, you show everybody and yeah. validation. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you don't want to be in the music industry. You want the benefit, you want the outcome of what that is. You think that's going to get, yeah. it could be validation. It could be significance. And it's like, once we identify what the core underlying require that the need is, whether let's say it's, it's validation or let's say it's significance. It's like, well, now we can start to go, okay, what what this depression is doing for me, what this state that I'm in is doing for me is it's providing me significance, but it's doing it in a very unhealthy way. So how can I get yeah. my needs for significance met in a way that is much healthier? And then when, once that need gets met in a healthy way, the need for the unhealthy behavior just disappears. It's, it's no longer required. Yeah. It's simply no longer required. No, that's fair. Okay, so once you've recognized why you're doing the things that you're doing, okay, yeah. Um, then where next do you go? What next, what's your next move as such? So the next, so there's, there's a couple of things. So the first thing would be, you, you've, you've got to recognize that it's your thoughts that are causing your depression. And you've also got to recognize that you're not necessarily empowered to control those thoughts when the depression strikes. So for example, like I've got my, I've got an example here. I hope embarrass myself. So like when I, when I start to, to slide and like when I say I'm happy I mean I'm, I'm happy most of the time obviously like we have periods where everybody nobody's up all the time and nobody's down all the time but you can't live mm -hmm. when you're down so when you got to recognize when you're starting to head down and then two you got to recognize that you're not in the right place mentally to make decisions in that place those decisions have to be made ahead of time so you can see I write down here so when I when I when I notice that I'm starting to slip in my mood oh wow like you know, I'm in business. So I deal with like stresses in business. Right. So I've got stuff here, like faith over doubt, reason over fear, positive expectation over worry. So when, when I start to feel myself losing a grip, like if, if I'm dealing mm -hmm. with a lot of stress, then I'm, then I'm going to go to my set plays and I'm like positive expectation yeah. over worry, positive extent. I'm not going to allow myself, like, I'm just going to fill my mind with these words that are positive versus allowing, yeah. uh, the negativity to fill my mind going, you're not good enough. This is never going to work. You're going to lose all your money. You're going to lose your significance. You're going to lose your security. You're going to lose everything. Yeah. So you're actually saying, so if you were to think of your brain mind as a cup, instead of filling it with negative words 
you tip those out and you basically start filling it with positive words and start actually saying, no, 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 you are worthy. You are good enough. You've got experience. You know, you're you're good at multitasking, talking about single parents, because if you're in a job situation, you're good at multitasking because, you know, you've got a you're looking after the kids, you're working, you're feeding them, you're cleaning the house, you're doing all of these other things. That's good. Yes. You're good at multitasking if somebody sort of said you're not or whatever, um, or if you're getting that I'm not good at anything sort of funk. So, yeah, okay. So I see what you're saying. So start filling your brain with positive stuff and start moving from there. And then you said there was another thing that um, you also do. Yeah, so so like exercise, like d- depression and anxiety and stress cannot cannot exist in the face of exercise. Okay. It's like it's like darkness cannot exist in the face of light. I mean, I've got an yeah. office here. If I turn the light out, it'll be dark, but the, the dark is never going to overpower the light. As soon as the light shows up, it's going to overpower the dark every time. You know, and exercise is the same with depression. So, like, even the, you need fresh air, you need sunshine. Like, so when, when, you, when you're depressed, like, if you think about it, like, the, the, the less movement you have in your body, the closer you are to let, to, to death to the ultimate state of inactivity is death wow okay but yeah you're right no but you, you're right i'd never thought of it like that but yeah no that's right so if the, you the, don't move you're you're yeah. dead yeah if, if you play that out to its, its conclusion it's like and and, and the, so so movement is life lack of movement is death so the more movement you can put in your body and if you look at uh, you know when we're depressed and stuff like that it's like we're not very active no we don't want to do anything go anywhere we just want to pull the bed covers over our heads and just not see yeah. anybody do anything yeah yeah so we're, we're depriving ourselves of fresh air we're depriving ourselves of sunshine we're depriving ourselves of exercise and movement so on the other mm. side i mean look at look at the uh uh cross segment of the population that experiences zero mm. depression zero anxiety zero stress you know two three four year olds you know i've got a i've got a three-year-old and a five like my three-year-old doesn't walk anywhere he runs everywhere <laughs> yeah they do yeah that's right that's right and literally runs everywhere and they love everything they're questioning everything they're into everything they're just so active so they can't be they can't even think about depression they probably don't know what it is but yeah no but but that's highly likely why yeah exactly right I mean it's like because when you see kids start and get a little bit older and they start to to experience the darker moves there's less movement in their body Mm. well they're stuck on an ipad or they're stuck sitting watching tv or they're like yeah and there's no communication there as well. And I think we're creatures of communication. So we we are there to socialize and talk and, and be in groups to socialize. Um, say you and me both stuck in our offices um, sitting here on our own. But, you know, we're talking to each other via various different means. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, no, and that's fair. The other thing, too, is like shock as well. So. People say, well, I'm, I'm chemically depressed or I'm hormonally depressed or whatever. It's like, well, we can disprove that in, in, a, in a heartbeat. It's like getting oh, an, okay. get in an ice bath. Yeah, an ice wow. Bath and see how long you're depressed for. Your depression will go instantaneously. Wow. The body, your body will go into <laughs> fight. Like I do that now. I don't do ice baths because that's extreme. I do cold showers. So it's like. I do cold showers as well. Wow. Okay. So you know what it's like. So it doesn't matter what yeah. mood you get into that cold shower. You come out and you're reset. Yep. Oh, and you're, and like, and I, I, yeah. So like, I agree with you and like, I'm, uh, so if anyone wants to um, uh, understand what we're talking about, I 
discovered cold showers and ice baths through uh, the Ice Man, which is Wim Hof. Um, and you can YouTube him and things like that. But like, yeah, it is, it just w- rewires your brain. It makes your brain come alive. And um, yeah. and there ain't much depression in a cold shower. There's You're none. thinking about other things. Survival. So, yeah. Yeah. You survive. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, I, I can have the worst like blow up with my wife and I'm like, right. So I'll go get in the cold shower and like instantaneously yeah. it's like, that's gone from my mind and my, my mind is going, right, survival, survive, yeah. survive. Well, and it also makes you breathe. So you're giving oxygen to your brain. Right. And I don't, I don't know about you, but like when I'm not down and I want to pull the covers over my head and things like that, um, right. I'm not really breathing. I'm breathing quite shallow. I'm not breathing deeply. And like, like you said, with exercise, you breathe because you have to breathe because you're trying to get the air in to move your muscles. So and it, I suppose, in a way, it's all about the breathing side of things. Same with meditation. Well, that's it. I mean, you 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 get into a cold shower and you're automatically going to hyperventilate and go. <gasps> your body's yeah. just going to go, <gasps> and it's going to force that air deep into you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it, yeah. But again, it comes down to the question. I mean, I talk to people all the time, and I say, get in a cold shower, and they go, I don't want to. It's like, well, <laughs> you, you you've got a choice here. Like you, you're choosing your depression. Yeah. Go, go exercise. I don't want to. It's like, well, then you're choosing. Yes. You, you're making a choice. Like no, nobody said the choice was an easy one. Yes. Nobody said the choice was a pleasant one. All I said was you have a choice. No, and 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 do you know what? Like I have to say to you, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get into a cold shower, but I know the benefits. Never. Like, you know, never. it's I would love it's to ne- slip you never in. get used to yeah. it. No, you don't. I would love to slip into a warm bath. That's nice, relaxing, candles, glass of wine. But but no, but the actual benefits of getting into a ice cold bath is so much more invigorating. So yeah, no, that's fair enough. So um, so if you're depressed, any listeners, just have a cold shower. You will see amazing results. Okay, so so that's so so okay. So we're moving through like being real with yourself and actually understanding yeah. well, why are you in this funk? Um, what are the benefits of you staying where you are? And then looking yes. at moving your to get out of the funk to or to get out of the I, I hate calling it a depression because it could be so many, many other things. Just a dark, a dark Darker place. place. We'll dark but place. um, yeah. but to get out of there and move towards happiness as such is moving your body, breathing, maybe cold showers if you want to go there, and to actually understand like what you're wanting to do and what you're wanting to achieve and what you're wanting to move away from. Am I right there? Did I understand that all right? Or did I get it confused? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to remember. This is why people need to buy your book. <laughs> so some other things that are really simple, like you, you can't keep doing, like you can't keep doing what you've been doing. It's just like you, like food has got to change. Diet has got to change. Lifestyle has got to change. Like mm. if people, the problem is like when people say, oh, like when people go, oh, I'm, I'm, I have depression and it's hormonal or I have depression. It's like, again, I mean, like, I'm not saying anybody's not telling the truth or whatever. So I'm not qualified to make that call, but like I can tell you like a lot of times what people are saying is like, I don't want to change my diet. I don't want to change my lifestyle. I don't want to stop drinking the alcohol. I don't want to yeah. stop eating the fast food. Cause I, I tell you, even like when I, you know, I, I found discovered this not too long ago that I was getting depressed, like, I, like kebabs. Like I really love kebabs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't go I there. Kebabs two or three nights in a row. Oh my God. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I would just get horribly depressed. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. And then I'd stop that and then I'd be fine. And it, that was really the first time that like diet, like I really understood in my mind, like diet really impacts your mood. It does. And I think it's the same, like, I know we've done a lot, like we did, there's a lot in the media and Facebook and various things about the sugar, like the sugar high, and then you come crashing down the other side, but it's right. I mean, I must admit, if I consume a lot of sugar, that's what I find. It's like, you know, I'm falling over the, I'm, I'm starting to move into a depressive state because uh and a lethargic state because i don't want to do anything because i'm on that sugar crash as such so yeah no that's fair enough i yeah fully understand that wow okay i want people to buy your book because there's so much more in like we've just touched the surface on what we've discussing and um there is so much more and like so it does the book actually lay this out as a process and a program that people can follow as such yeah so it's basically you know do this step do this step okay awesome awesome so they could actually buy the book not that i'm hinting here but buy the book and then basically uh move through the process we can't guarantee that anyone's going to be cutting the bullshit and getting to their happy place but it definitely is going to help so um do you what do you do to stay sane and happy then I mean, some of these things or are there other things that you would do? Yeah, so at the core, it's lifestyle. So lifestyle, like if, if we're okay. dealing with depression, it's like we've, we, we, we're way down the road. And that, that, that you know, depression is yeah. the symptom, right? It's not, yeah. it's, it's not, depression doesn't cause itself, it's the symptom. So there's all, 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 the, all depression is or any kind of negative state is the body saying, hey, you know, it's trying to warn you. It's saying, hey, you're doing something wrong here. It's the body calling out saying, change your ways, yeah. change your ways, yeah. change your ways. And what you're saying is like, you don't have to do all of these things all at once. You can do no. them gradually and and work towards, because like you, took it took you six months. I mean, you didn't like yeah. change your life overnight and then that was it, did you? I mean, you know, so it's, it's a work in progress. Yeah. I mean, like your, your mental health is like a garden. It's like, you can, you can cultivate it and make it beautiful. But if you, if you just ignore it for six weeks or if you ignore it for summer, you'll come back and the weeds will have taken over again. It's like men, mental health is not somewhere you get, it's not a destination you arrive at. And then it's like, you just check that off when you're like onto the next. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it needs maintenance. It needs constant maintenance. Yeah. Pulling out those weeds. Yeah, and it's just stuff like even just little things like it's little victories like today, like I'm trying to cut, I'm drinking herbal tea today because I'm trying to cut tea tea and coffee out of my diet. Yeah. I'm trying to cut artificial stimulants out of my diet. And it's like just just to just to say I'm not doing tea or coffee anymore is is probably I'm setting myself up for failure, but it's like, yeah. can I can I drink herbal tea at the office? Yeah. Can, can uh, I get the tea and coffee out of the office? I'm trying to cut down sugar. So I've said I can have one thing that's got sugar in it a day. That's it. So, but it's like, you know, yeah. So, uh, because otherwise I think if I complete cold turkey, I would probably do it for two days and then go, okay, I'm going to overload on sugar because I need it so much. So, yeah, no, it's small steps, isn't it? It's just small, small steps. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and it it helps to, like, get to the point of desperation. (laughs) I mean, I was watching a documentary a little while back about – a vegan diet curing various health conditions mm. and stuff like that. And I, you know, I don't know if it's true or not. Like 
I, I have no opinion on that necessarily, but it's like I was watching these like 20 people go through this program and they had diabetes and stuff oh, like yeah. that, like type one diabetes, serious yeah. stuff. And like people were just leaving halfway through. They were going, oh, I'd rather like, I'd rather just have diabetes than, than eat this diet. <laughs> and it's like a lot of people, it's, it's a great example. Yeah. That's where a lot of people are. It's like, those people, like according to this documentary, could have been cured of that type one diabetes mm. had they just stuck with the program. But they they wanted to remain in their lifestyle more than they wanted. So it's the same. It's the same yeah. with the, you know, the the kind of stuff we're talking about. I mean, can can anybody recover? It's like I would say anybody can recover from depression in the same way that anyone can learn to swim. Right? There's get there's going to be the odd person here or there that maybe has a physical disability that prevents that. But generally speaking everybody can learn to swim yeah everybody can yeah so but you've just got to want it you've just got to go like i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and i'm ready to i'm ready to change the diet i'm ready to change the lifestyle i'm ready to face myself i'm ready to and if you can do that then change is rapid yeah and it may be that you change and you follow something for like uh two or three months may and like but like we said it's a working process so at the end of the day you're following uh, and you're constantly, and I know I'm doing it and I'm only like day three here, but I'm constantly checking myself. I know I don't go there. I'm constantly checking myself and going, okay, I'm thinking about sugar. I'm thinking about having something to eat or whatever. And I'm like, well, why is that? Is it because I've sat in front of the computer for too long and I need to move away from it? And maybe I do. Mm. I haven't done this, but maybe I do 25 sit-ups uh, to just, di- you know, divert my brain from thinking about sugar. Or maybe I'll go and walk around the garden because it just gets that breathing and exercise, like you say, and distracts my brain from thinking about sugar, which I don't need. So, yeah. So, look, where can our listeners connect with you online regarding um your book where can yeah. they buy your book yeah so uh you can get it on amazon available on on, on amazon uh you can go to cool. uh teensuccess.com.au forward slash book okay book. great uh codybutler.com is a is a website that i have and then facebook and stuff like that so all the usual suspects so uh, i'm not difficult to find if you want to find me you will just google just google you <laughs> No, that's awesome. Oh, look, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I've just got one final question for you. And that question is, what would your superpower be if you had to choose one? Yeah, I definitely want to fly. Oh, okay. Fly. <laughs> okay. To For what reason? Yeah, just, to, just to impress my kids, I think. Oh, that's <laughs> They're fair. really into superheroes. Well, could- They're in that superhero stage right now, so... You could pick them up and carry them and fly and take them for a flight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Maybe don't drop them. Maybe you need a harness. That's right. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Look, flying is like, yeah, I have to admit, I do like fly, the flying side of things because <laughs> I've got family in the UK. So, you know, if I could fly and it took me five minutes, te- maybe 10 minutes, then, yeah, no, that would be great. No, that's fair enough. No, look, thank you so much. Um, I wish you all the luck with your book. Thank you. Um, I'm sure you don't need my luck. Um, you know, number one best-selling author and all that stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, well, that's fair. <laughs> and I'm freely give it. It's all good. Um, look, thank you for coming on the podcast, and I hope you have a great day. Same back at you. Bless you. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. 
If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.